here, so please be seated, everybody. We are, we are on air. Years ago, I think it was 1998, we were in a different building, a much bigger one. The building occupied about an acre, and I was having a night of prayer, or an evening of prayer at the church, and decided to go outside and walk around the building seven times. It wasn't an attempt to bring the building down. It, it was an attempt to build the church up. And I walked around, prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed on the seventh time around. In fact, at the time, there was a lot of disunity amongst us. On the seventh time around, the Lord said he was going to bring this church into deep unity of the heart. And that when our teams went out, they would minister with great power. But the power would come from the unity at home. I was reflecting on this this morning and realized that in fact that's had a tremendous outworking. As you know, the Lord did bring us into a deep unity of the heart. Huge breakthroughs in the year 2002. Three moves of the Holy Spirit all in one year that totally transformed hearts, changed the whole atmosphere of things. Ever since visitors have been saying, oh, there's love in this place. And there is. But as I've reflected on it, I realized, no, there's been ever-increasing power of the Word because every, every time I go out, I get the feeling this is the best thing we've done. Last weekend, we were in Mariba, Hose and I, I, I was really opposed on the way up. You talk about oppression and resistance and you feel clagged and you think you haven't got a thing to say, you can't even remember half your messages and just opposed and we had to pray all that through and uh, not got breakthroughs and so, you know, it, it lifted. But when I got there, I had tremendous liberty and, and, and that would have been enough. I could have enjoyed that. But I couldn't believe the response of the people and the pastor over the moon. So that, that word must have gone deep. It takes power to do that, for a word to go deep, you know? And that's what Paul said about the Thessalonians. He said, when we came to you, our, our words came to you not just words only, but with power and in the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. And that's what we got. Well, I remember the Lord said, it comes from the unity at home. The, the fact is, I have benefited a great deal, as we all have, from the prayers of the people. We've seen so many miracles just... You know, so often from a single prayer on a Sunday morning, we've seen someone totally healed. Well, I want you to know that that, I probably never talk much about this other thing, but when we go out, like when we, when I go to Kenya soon with uh, Benjamin will be there, Lloyd will be there, I'm trying to talk Hazel into going. Because um, I think you get an extra 10% of power when she's there, you know. <laughs> and uh, something about it, you know. <laughs> well, who thinks Hazel should go? <laughs> who's, who's against Hazel going? No, I think the eyes have it, you know. Anyway, the, um, I ask her to pray about it. She hears nothing. She, she always gets a word. <laughs> anyway, because we stay in the best historic hotel in the world when you go to Kenya. They, that's where they put us, the Stanley. Oh, that's something. Ever tell you about the Stanley? The most beautiful, I mean, old. All the kings, all the queens, all the statesmen, all the presidents, prime ministers, movie stars for 150 years have all been staying in the Stanley. She's a class act. And uh, man, they treat you well. They give me every day a fresh jug of milk in my room. You know, just for me, nobody else wants one. <laughs> and when you're coming down from your you know, beautiful stairs, you don't take the lift, the stairs are so beautiful. You walk down these stairs. And when you come from the second floor to the first floor, it's a huge lounge room, like one of those big old men's clubs, you know, the big studded chairs and all that. Anybody can go there and sit, read the paper, you know. 
but there's a, there's, a, there's a dear man standing there at the bottom of that stairway all day long, beautifully uniformed, because the last step is just a little bit different in height to all the others. And as you come down and you get to the second class, he says, oh, mind the steps, sir. <laughs> I like that kind of hotel, right? And Hazel didn't want to go. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, beautiful swimming pool on the fourth floor and a gym. Anyway, uh, what doesn't help is once you're there, you're in meetings all morning, all afternoon, all night, five days. <laughs> so anyway, dear friends, what I was going to say was, there's going to be power there because of the grace God has given you. You're going to pray, we're going to see power. Next weekend I'm somewhere else, tell you about it in a minute, but uh, at, the, at the end of the meeting when we pronounce the benediction, uh, we're going to switch off the, the recording and the cameras because there's something I want your prayers over. That uh, we're just going to share in-house. It's not about us here, someone else's need, but there are you know, some folks whose need we don't broadcast around the world. But I need your help today with a prayer, and it will come uh, at the end of the... So just we'll pronounce the benediction, and then ah, together we'll do business with God today. Anyway, um, I watched the coronation last night because that's a tremendously historic event. There's, there was one previous in my lifetime, but it was 1953, and I wasn't a year old. Because, um, you know, Queen Elizabeth, she was the queen when I was born, and, you know, until recent. And um, these things, they used to come along more often, but she lived so long, they didn't come along. You know, these British uh, coronations have been going on for a thousand years in the, that form. And I thought, that's a tremendous historic event. And so now I've got to see this. And um, it hadn't really occurred to me, it should have, but what was interesting is this, and this is what you need to know. From the first word to the last word, the entire thing and every word was a Christian church service. That's all it is. It is a Christian church service. It's not national, uh, except in the sense that, you know, the Church of England is, you know, the official Church of England. But it's not, it's not political, even though a heap of politicians are there. It's not political, even though the Prime Minister reads the Bible. It is a church service. You can go to an Anglican service over here and you'll get pretty much the same components. Let me tell you, the prayers were astounding. The homily, amazing. They serve communion. The, the Archbishop stands at this huge communion table, a whopping tapestry of the Last Supper, not that nasty one with you know, Thomas holding the bag of money, you know, a, a different one. <laughs> and, and underneath that, you know, he made an explanation of the bread and the wine that was better than 99.9% .9 of any of the communion services you have ever been at in your life. Good word. That whole thing, you know, the crowd had gathered and finally the procession comes in and, you know, the king's sitting there and the archbishop gets up, his first word is, may the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. You know, he, he basically started with the benediction, what we think is the benediction. It was a great opening prayer. And... Um, well, I was a bit interested because the Bible reading 
happened to be the reading I was going to use for today and, and next Sunday in Adelaide, only because Alex asked me to. And I thought, well, I better practice the message here first. Anyway, we'll come to that in a moment. The, it, was, it was thoroughly Christian, the prayers, the Bible reading, the gospel is all, was all through it. The anointing to the king. You know, you know, they took all that stuff about king's responsibilities and anointing for kings, most of it out of the Old Testament, some out of the New. But, you know, the anointing of King David, King Solomon, all that, it's, it, it was all that, and, uh, and so on and so forth. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, it's worth having a look. And it's worth having a look at the marching afterwards, because I'm a little bit into marching, you know, have a bit of a background in that military stuff. I used to, I used to train the, uh, you know, Salvation Army cadets and whatnot for marching, and we used to go out and do marches and, you know, drum band, the whole bit. So I'm always interested in that. And I know what the secret commands are on the big bass drum, for, you know, when, when you're all standing still, you know, and all of a sudden the, the whole parade steps off. That all comes from the drum, see? And, uh, and the band. And you always know when the first note's going to be because you, you hear the drum commands. And everyone starts the first note in the band. Would you like to know what the beats are? Some other time. <laughs> anyway. So uh, it's worth having a look at all of that. Uh, just, just really interesting. Anyway, here's the reading. This, this reading is the, the, the main Bible reading that occurred there. And um, don't worry, it was several days before, Alex, because I, I had been talking about this. My son, spiritual sons meet with me on a Zoom meeting every Thursday. And I'd been chatting with them about what I'd been looking at in the book of Colossians and going back to it every day, every day, every day, reading it again, thinking about it again. I was just chatting with them. Alex said, man, would you, would you open that up when you're in Adelaide? So um, I thought, well, let's open it up here. I remember years ago, it was 1992, and we had a service in a tent at what used to be the Rose Hill House restaurant, which is now a Thai restaurant, right? up on Norman Road. We had a big tent there, had a whole church service, had lunch there, the whole church. But I remember the service that day, I felt especially led by the Lord, because through 1988, 89, 1991, into 92, we had seen a lot of healing in this church. I'd taught the church how to pray and get healings. And we'd seen a lot of healings. But what we didn't have a lot of in the church at the time were prophecies, words of knowledge, uh, you know, that kind of thing, hearing the Lord speak. Uh, it's like we hadn't activated the gifts much. But I felt the time had come to activate that giftedness. And so that morning... Uh, I, got, uh, I got a whole line of people out the front. I asked for everybody wearing glasses to come out the front and line up. It was kind of just a bit of symbolism, you know. We were going to pray. I was going to pray that the Lord would grant to the church a gift for our eyes to be opened and about to see in the Spirit. About, in other words, about to hear God, hear His words, in, interpret dreams, you know, get words of knowledge. And so we prayed that prayer that day over the whole church to release words of discernment, words of knowledge. And you didn't, you didn't notice the difference immediately, but over two years, that grew and grew and grew until the whole church was filled with people getting words, hearing the Lord, interpreting dreams. It was marvelous. And we almost forgot how to heal people because we got so, so busy thinking about this other thing. Anyway, today... This is the good news. Today's a day like that. 
I'm not planning to pull everybody out who's got glasses. It's, it's not that. But today is a day that I believe if you take this word to heart and, and pull out the little bit I keep thinking about, I think you'll find it'll make a big difference over a year or so. So here, let's do the reading. We'll make this, we'll all read. Just remember, this is the, the reading from last night, but it's ours today. I've been reading this for weeks. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to 20. Uh, but guess what we'll do is, hmm, look, let's just all read it all out loud together. And uh, so I'll get started and you just join in. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, in all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. Take a look at verses 3 and 4. That's the bit we'll put up there. Colossians 1, 3 and 4. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now who was saying this? Paul. The Apostle Paul's writing these words. We thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. The thing about Paul is, from reading the various epistles, he seems to have been praying for all the churches every day. And I suppose if you're locked in prison, that's a bit easier to do. Because you haven't got to mow the lawn, wash the car, you know, hang out the washing and do the ironing. You're stuck there, you might as well get busy. But he, he prayed a great deal for the churches. So he says here, we always thank God for you when we pray for you since, ah, look at this verse 4, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. And then if you slip down to verse 9, ah, just verse 9 here. Uh, and so from the day we heard. Now, what have you got in both these passages? We heard, we heard. From the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you. Paul is writing to a church he's never met. Never met the people and he's never been there. But he's heard of them. 
Ah. Now, he's about to tell us what he prays for them. Now, this is what I want you to notice. In, this is in verse 9. From the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, that's the bit I want you to get a hold of. If you don't remember anything else today, I want you to remember this verse 9. Asking that you may be filled with what? The knowledge of his will. And then it's qualified. The knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's our goal, to go up another whole level in that. What I wanted to tell you was that, yeah, Paul is writing here to a church he's never been to, and the interesting thing is that this epistle to the Colossians has some great similarities to his epistle to the Ephesians. And you'll find in in chapter 1, when he writes the Ephesians, he says the same thing. He said, as soon as we heard about, as soon as we heard about, hang on, hadn't Paul been in Ephesus for two and a half years, knew them all intimately, and had appointed the elders, and not only that, um, was, was, he was familiar with them by name, but he writes to them and says, as soon as I heard about it, he writes as if he'd never been there. Well, here's a little bit of uh, Bible trivia that might be handy. The original letter that we call his epistle to the Ephesians was not written to the Ephesians. It was written to another church, but it was the practice in those days that if you wrote a letter, you'd make some copies and send it to other places. It's a bit like when we used to do a, you know, a carbon copy. And, and they'd conveniently top and tail it. So take out, take out Colossians, you know, put in something else. And as far as can be worked out, Paul actually wrote a letter to the Laodiceans. So instead of our Bible saying Paul's epistle to the Laodiceans, it says Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. Why? Because that's the one we ended up with. And it makes sense because Ephesus was the port and anybody traveling from Paul with a scroll for the Laodiceans had to go to Ephesus. And those days, you're on foot and you've been traveling. So when you get to Ephesus, you enjoy Christian hospitality. Somebody looks after you, puts you up in the house, they feed you, they say, well, well, they didn't even have to ask. You always visited the church. You always visited the church. And you stayed a while. You'd spend Sundays there, numbers of Sundays. You'd have to share. You'd have to teach. And guess what? They know you've got this letter. And they want you to read it to them. So you read it to the Ephesians before you even get to the Laodiceans. Well, quick, let's get a copy. So copies just, you know, appear. So you had to go through Ephesus to get to Laodicea. Because it, it was on this kind of a ring road. And they are the seven churches. You know, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, Jesus himself writes seven letters to seven churches. And one of them is Ephesus and one of them is Laodicea. That's because those seven churches are all in the same region and they're all on a kind of a ring road. And you could, you could run around the ring and see them all, but Ephesus was the, the travel point. It's a bit like if you, if you live in America and you want to come to Australia, you, you can't fly straight to Rockhampton. You've got to fly to Sydney or to Brisbane and change planes. Well, it was like that. You had to go to Ephesus. And so Jesus wrote to those churches. But that's, that's how you can understand. Now, I've, I've told you that for this reason. 
that you will read in the epistle to the Ephesians some similar phrases to the ones in Colossians and not only that he's writing to two churches that he's never been to and hasn't met the people and in both cases he says as soon as we heard about and he tells them what he heard about we have not stopped praying for you that and to compare those two is really interesting the, the Ephesian one is more detailed. It's a longer epistle and the prayers are longer. The, Eclos- the Colossian one is a simpler one and more to the point. And um, I, I've been looking at this because when I was first converted, I was 15 years old. Let's see, it was June the 4th or was it June the 6th? Have a look it up again. In 1967, I'd only been 15 by a week and didn't know I wasn't converted, you know, would have thought I was a Christian believer. I'd heard the gospel plenty of times, I was in church meetings plenty of times. But all of a sudden on this Sunday night, and I'd sat through seven long meetings with this great evangelist. He, man, he poured out preaching. It was a whole weekend of meetings and I heard all of those, heard all his stories, sat through all the appeals, you know, just sitting there, lots of other people getting saved. And it came right down to the very last meeting on Sunday night and I'm still sitting there and the appeal's been running on already half an hour, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, various others have gone forward and all of a sudden, whack. Oh my God, oh, the call of God, you know? And uh, you talk about sovereign conversion because I resisted, I resisted, but the moment I shifted in my seat to give in, the, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't born again when I prayed the sinner's prayer. The moment my... The moment my weight shifted on my chair because I'd given in to go, get up and go, sovereignly, powerfully, profoundly changed. And uh, I knew who I was. I knew what I was called to be. And, uh, and it's, it's never shifted. You're just profound conversion. When I, you know, when I, was, when I was born again, I was saved. They told me I needed to maintain a quiet time. You know, they told me you should pray and read your Bible every day. And so you you make a start because you're saved. No, something's alive that was never alive before. Suddenly you're hiding things that that you allowed in your life too easily before. And suddenly now your heart is, is keen about something else. And so every night I would, I'd, I'd read Paul. I used to love reading Corinthians. For some reason, I used to love reading Corinthians more than anything. There's a bit in there that says, that names all kinds of the most wicked sins and says, and such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are just, I used to love that. Anyway, nobody told me especially what to pray except, uh, you know, pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But I, I made up a little list it had to be the grace of God. It was only a scrap of paper with a pencil, but I wrote this list. I've told you before what I wrote on the list. I wrote the, a bunch of words that pretty much all meant the same thing. I, I wanted understanding. I wanted wisdom, insight, discernment. Teach me right from wrong. Teach me the Holy Scriptures. You know, open my eyes. A whole list of things like this, praying for understanding, praying for wisdom, praying for learning every night. Every night I only read a chapter of the Bible. You know, it's not like I was trying to read the whole Bible. 
I never know how to pray these simple prayers. But the astounding thing was, before I was even 16, I, I was filled with a depth and a wisdom and an insight and an understanding that, that came from nowhere. It didn't come from learning because I hadn't even read that much of the Bible. Uh, I was still a student in school. I'd not read any Christian books much. Where did it come from? It's, it's like, you know, I was, I was wiser in spiritual things, even in, in understanding the scriptures than most of the people around me. Where did it come from? It was, it was a gift. It came out of nowhere. I didn't even know what I was doing when I was praying those prayers, except I felt a need and understanding and wisdom. And he gave it to me as a grace. And, and, and it's had astounding outcomes because when I finally got, you know, you know when, even when I was 16, uh, I could refute Jehovah's Witnesses who'd been at their game for years and years. And this is without a great deal of Bible learning, but I, but I could just see through what they're saying and say so. I could pick up a book when I was 16 and could, and could tell right off if what they were saying about Jesus was right or wrong. And then when I finally got to Bible college, it was no great hard work preparing messages because I, I, would, I would ask the Lord, you know, what do you want me to preach about on Sunday? And he'd usually give me one word, you know, faith or holiness. And instantly I'd just scribble on a bit of paper. The, the main points, scriptures, I just remembered. Where, where'd that come from? Now I'm trying to impress on you that if you persist enough, not, not a one-off prayer, not maybe once a month thing, oh, I should have prayed that prayer. But if you persist with a prayer, it's amazing the outcome you get. In other words, gifts are real. He, he can give gifts. Giftedness open up to you, but it takes time to persevere. I persevered in praying for the healing gift for four years. But then when I got it, the breakthrough was huge. It was worth it. And yet the story I'm telling you about praying for understanding, now that was really early. So all my life I've been able to, in fact, there was another phenomena yeah, I found uh, from my earliest years there, if, if there was a little study group or had a bit of a lecture, all had to do, you know, the subject you had to talk about, open up, read a verse, and suddenly I was just filled with all kinds of, I could see it, I could talk about it, I could open the, where did it come from? I'm trying to tell you it was an answer to a simple prayer that was prayed constantly. And I'm saying to you, that if I could encourage you to take a hold of this one verse in Colossians, you don't need anything more than this one, although there is more. If you could, you know, endeavor, put it before you. Stick it on the mirror and see it when you're shaving, if you shave, you know. Stick it on the back of the, the iron or something. Put it on the fridge, although we tend to forget what's on the fridge. Uh, too many things on the fridge. But uh, somewhere... You know, a posted note on the kettle. This verse every day, say, Lord, this is what I need. I want this. Now, read, read, read that one verse again, right? We're talking Colossians 1, verse 9, in which he says, we all, um, and so from the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. All right, there's your prayer. This is what I'm going to pray every day. Lord, would you fill me with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I'll guarantee you pray this day by day. You'll be astounded outcomes. Well, 
Let me show you a couple of other things in here. Remember, remember I said that the letter we think is to the Ephesians was probably to the Laodiceans. And by the way, both letters were written at about the same time. Well, there's another clue right in the book of Colossians. If we go to the end of the book, and here is chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Take a look at what this says. Uh, pop it on the screen for us. Colossians 4. There it is. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. Well, where's that letter? You've already got it. Oh, and here's a good one. Look at verse 17. And, and we got that right up there, 2 to 4. That's not right. Listen, Colossians 4, 16 to 17. See if you can find that for us. Um, put that up. Okay. Well, that last bit. Take a look. I thought this was interesting. Paul writes a letter to a whole church. In this case, a church he's never been to and doesn't know them. But oh, but he knows somebody. <laughs> And he's a bit, maybe a bit concerned about this. And say to our chippers, so our chippers now is famous, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. So I think it's okay for us to say to each other, say, listen, Jack, you know, <laughs> sort of say, any of you, any time, any time bump into Philip, say, listen, Philip, see that you fulfill the ministry you've been called to. Anyone bump into Dennis, Kyle, anybody, you know, Max. So how about everybody turn to whoever's on your left, your right, right now and say, See that you fulfill the ministry that you've been called to in the Lord. <laughs> and, now, and now you know it's in the Bible, all right? <laughs> so there you are. All right, we've, we've looked at the Colossian one where he says, you know, from the day we heard, we are not stopped praying, and this is what we're praying. Now take a look at the Ephesian one, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 17. See if we can give it this one. Here we go, it's on the board. For this reason... Because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that, here's, here's the request, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So this is the alternative wording. And you can pray both. I like the other one because it leads with something practical that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will. That is very useful. And I suggest you make that your prayer, tack this one on, because, you know, you know, look, the emphasis in the other one is being so flooded with spiritual wisdom and understanding that you know the will of God. The emphasis on this one to the Ephesians is that you're given the spirit of revelation. Spirit of revelation is a wonderful thing because you can be reading your Bible and oh suddenly understand or you can be driving along and oh you suddenly see and that's what I was given that's a handy thing and you know very often I'm fast asleep even to this day there's often occasion where I'm fast asleep and I'll see something so clearly in the spirit realm don't even have to wake up or the Lord will tell me something but when I wake up the next day there it is suddenly I realize something so the Lord talks to me when I'm fast asleep you know sometimes he wakes me up too but that, this is, that gifting, that gifting of being able to, to, you know, say in a Bible study somewhere, even on a Sunday, just stand up and, and open the scriptures, that gifting that I've had from my teenage years came because when I prayed for understanding and wisdom, Lord, open my eyes and give me insight and teach me the scriptures, 
He gave me an anointing. I didn't know for 30 years that's what it was. He gave me an anointing, and it was this one in Ephesians 1, the spirit of revelation in the wisdom and the knowledge of Christ. And let me say, it's been very handy. And um, many's the time I've been somewhere. When I travel other places, not here, here I, I take the trouble to sit and, and plan a message usually. But when I travel to other places, I generally don't plan messages. So I went to Canada once and I had a, co- a, a conference with 400 pastors and didn't even know even to the day before it all started what I was going to say. But that night I heard one word from the Lord and out of that I preached seven hours and never repeated myself once. Now that's, that's a gift. And there was a fellow there who was the senior pastor of a very large church somewhere, uh, someone who's a bit more inclined to, you know, not just take everything for granted. But I, the bookshop, uh, bookstore they had there afterwards told me that he'd come and bought all my books and he said to them, there are people who claim to be apostles and I don't believe any of them are, but that man is. So I think, well, that's, you know, that's just recognition of a grace. And I thank God for it. Now, why am I telling you this? See, because uh, I don't care. I, I don't have to make you think more highly of, each other, of me because we already love each other. We love each other completely. The reason I'm telling you, th- I'm only telling you this for one reason. I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to see the prayer's actually effective, that, that praying this prayer will make a difference. So get a hold of Colossians 1.9 and pray, Lord, would you grant me the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding? And then if you feel you haven't prayed enough, you can open up Ephesians 1. And you can pray this prayer. It's still there. That uh, the God of our Lord Jesus, may, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's an anointing, by the way. By the way, but can, can you see it? Look, 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 look. Here, here is it. Look, last line, first word. See that word spirit? The spirit of? That's an anointing. That's what that means. It, it means that you're given a grace. It means you're given power. And it takes power. This is, this is what a lot of people don't realize. To understand spiritual things, to come into revelation, to come into understanding, actually takes power. It it doesn't require intelligence. Otherwise only the smartest people would be the preachers and generally they're not. No, the Lord can take anybody and so transform them if they will allow him. And so spiritual things are taught by the Holy Spirit and it's amazing what can come by an impartation of Grace. You remember in the Old Testament, the fellow that had that tremendous skill for, um, you know, he's an artisan. He could, with, with gold and silver and bronze, he could, he could create the most incredible artwork for the tabernacle. But the Bible's very clear. It was an ability given to him by the Holy Spirit. And um, we, I mean, I've, I've heard of more than one person. I've heard of at least three now who've become the most astounding piano players. Andre Crouch was one. 
Andre Crouch was in a little black Pentecostal church and had no musicians and his father was the pastor who prayed and prayed and prayed for the Lord to provide a musician. Here's Andre Crouch when he was just a boy and all of a sudden the Spirit of God came up upon him and he walked to the piano and out came the most amazing music. And he's not the only one I've heard that story of and he went on to write songs. You know that song, We Sing to God Be the Glory and others, he wrote all that stuff. And um, in fact, he wrote that song, didn't think it was good enough, screwed up putting the bin, his sister pulled it out. <laughs> and that's a world beater. You know, that's gone into hymnals of big denominations and all. No, he was just a gift of grace. All of a sudden, he could walk to the piano and play the piano in answer to a prayer. God can do anything. And it's about time, it's high time, you started believing that he'd do more. More for you. Because I've decided after all these years. How old am I now? I'm 71 this month. And the Lord took a hold of me when I was 15. So that's a lot of years. And uh, what, six years after that, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and was given even more things. And you know, then all those years, uh, well, yes, I prayed for stuff. I, I prayed to break through in healing grace. That took another four years. And we, you know, we pray for doors to open. We pray for the Lord to bless the travel. I mean, you know, we've seen a lot of things and then, you know, books have to get written. But I have not in all those years as a, con as a concerted effort, in other words, as a daily Lord, I must have more, prayed this particular prayer. And I decided a few weeks ago, hang on, there's a whole lot more here. There's a lot more here. So I'm going to try and be really consistent in taking this to another level but I don't want to go there alone. I need you to go there with me. And I'd be perfectly happy if you get ahead. You know, I'd be perfectly happy if you run ahead and kind of get, get to this higher ground before I make it. Because actually we, we'll all be taken there together. This, this probably is the other thing I need to say and, and maybe time's up. Um, in these prayers, now, th now this is a secret that I've not heard anybody else talk about, but it keeps hitting me in the face. And it's a secret you find in his Colossian prayer, and you find it in his Ephesian prayer. It comes up in both. You want me to show you the little secret? The thing that people miss. And before I show you that secret, let me, let me show you another commonality that's in his introduction. When he wrote to the Colossians, he said, as soon as I heard about you, no. He said, as soon as I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for each other. That's the Colossians. When he wrote to the Ephesians, he said, as soon as I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for each other. In both these churches, that he's instructing to pray for this higher level of wisdom, it's on the foundation of the fact that they love each other. One more good reason to be one people. Now, now I'll show you what's in the middle of the prayer, but you've got to remember that foundation. So here we go. How about the Colossian one first of all? Take a look now at the next chapter, Colossians 2 and verses 1 to 4, and see if you can find the phrase... So, four verses. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. That their hearts, see Laodicea gets another mention. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, 
to reach all the mysteries of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Now, the, the really big thing here to get hungry about is that Christ, in Christ, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You see that in verse 3? That's an astounding verse. And this is why you're going to cry for the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom and understanding. Because actually what you're looking for is Christ and Christ will reveal himself because all these treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. However, uh, as exciting as it would be to dwell on that, I want, there's another phrase here I want you to see. Did anybody notice this little phrase in the middle of verse 2? It's like I'll tell you what the secret is in a minute. Look, third line, first five words. Being knit together in love. What you find is that these prayers are actually meant to be corporate prayers. It's, it's meant to be a case of a whole body of people going there together. Imagine that. Imagine a whole congregation being lifted up to another level of wisdom and understanding the will of God and the spirit of revelation on them, you know? And so what you find, when you study this more, and we don't have time to study it more today, is you find as you pray, God takes you up uh, what look like two different things at the same time. He takes you up in levels of understanding and he takes you up in levels of loving one another, but it's actually the same ladder. It's the same stairway. And the truth is you can't go up in one if you don't go up in the other. You can't have more revelation if you don't have more love. But getting more love is the key to more revelation. So it's kind of uh, cyclical. And these, these are the steps. Now, it gets even clearer if I uh, take you to the other passage, the Ephesians one. So, because I'm showing it to you in both, right? There's Ephesians 3. This is the, you know, the prayer's more extensive there. There's more to read. So here's verses uh, 16 to 19. See if you can find the same thing in this passage. Is it up yet? There it is. That according to the riches of his glory he may grant you. Remember he's praying a prayer. That according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power. Listen, I told you it took power. You've got to be strengthened or you can't see. You've got to be strengthened with power or you can't understand. It takes power. That's why it takes an anointing. Keep going. Through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength. There's strength again. So you may have strength to comprehend. And look at the telling phrase. With all the saints. That you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Who would like to be filled with the fullness of God? Now, my reading of it is, it's easier to get there if a people do it together because you can't get there without loving each other. Well, I'm keen to go. I'm keen to, I'm keen to find more of the Lord. So I want to enlist all your prayers today. And we're going to believe together for this increase in the knowledge of the will of God in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. All right, uh, that's all we have time for. So 
um, we are going to read to close the when we opened, we had a longer reading. We're going to go back and read the first few verses of it aloud again. Remember, this was the Bible reading last night in the coronation read by the British Prime Minister, and he read very well, may I say. Um, you know, just high quality reading for communication. Just, you know, marvellous. Well, how about you read it now like you're a Prime Minister and you're wanting everyone in the whole nation to hear this word, right? But especially yourself. You've got to hear it. Okay. So we're going to read just verses 9 to 14. And then we are going to pray. Colossians 1. And read with me. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his dear Son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. So would the band come? And even though you're, you're going to be on the platform and at your instruments, you're going to pray the prayers. We're all going to pray. We're all going to bring our hearts to the Lord and say, Lord, there's much grace that you have for us and we want to obtain it. <coughs> and so this is our, our mission today and on all the following days. We're going to believe that as we, as we in our hearts day by day pray this prayer, we'll see a transformation over a year or two. It's not that we haven't been lifted up before, transformed before, but we've decided. You, you don't just maintain that till kingdom come. It's not like, well, God's already done his best work. No, we're, going to, we're supposed to believe he's now going to do a better work. He's now going to do a bigger work, and he's going to do it with you, uh, with us together. So... Uh, you guys just be on kind of standby, you know, a bit of, just be ready to back up the music when, when we're ready for a bit of music. But we, meanwhile, we're going to pray and do business with God. How about you um, bow your heads with me, everybody? And um, I'm going to pray for you, and then you're going to pray for yourself. Let me, let me pray for you first. Our Father in heaven, you caused by your spirit to have these words written. Thank you, the apostle wrote them under the impulse of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps not even realizing he was writing Holy Scripture, but he was. And these words come into that category of you having provided everything we need for life and godliness. And Lord, I, having presented these words today before your people and before you, we make this our prayer. I pray, O oh Lord, for myself and for this whole house and for all of those who are here today, I pray and ask that you would grant to the saints the knowledge of the will of God in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I ask that you would strengthen them with power
all the saints together, lift them up together. And I ask you, Lord, that upon us you would release in greater measure the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. This is our cry, Lord, that you would open for us the treasure house, your, the store of wisdom and of understanding that is all hidden in Christ Jesus. And so I pray, O Lord, for young and old alike today, for children and adults, for every one of us, and even those of us older, I ask you'd lift us up and grant that our hearts would be flooded with understanding, with the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom. Lord, this year I pray, day by day, week by week, continue to transform hearts with your glory and with your power, Grant us the strength that is needed, the power that is needed. Open the eyes of our hearts to see. Grant us the spirit of understanding, we pray. Now each of you, we just take a moment of silence while each of you ask the Lord if he would grant you this grace, to include you in this grace, to lift up your understanding. Lord, I thank you that you hear the prayers of the saints. And may the Spirit of the Lord rest upon them. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The Spirit of counsel and of power. The Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. May this rich grace that rested upon the Christ rest upon us also. And so we believe. We set our hearts to believe God that you would increase within us powerfully the knowledge of the will of God. And may this help to transform homes and families as well as our life and mission together. And so I bless the church. Dear friends, I bless your homes. I place upon your hearts the blessing of God Almighty. I place upon you and upon marriages upon children, upon all that you have, the peace of Jesus, the blessing of shalom, of, of God in Christ. I release it to you. Peace and well-being and long life and prosperity, all that is in that blessing, I release to you. I place his goodness upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing.